Hello, my name is David Turner, and this is the Lunar Poetry Podcast. This episode, I'm going to be well, it's going to be a special ranting edition with poet Tim Wells. All right, uh, how you doing? Hello, Tim. Pretty good. How's you? I'm all right. We're out on the street, so yep. You may hear help. you may hear some noises, um, but that's life. The noises are you, not me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we might start with a poem. I think. All right, let's have a look. So uh, I'll go. This is one of mine from school. So it's proper ranting. I love my flag, I do, I do, that floats upon the breeze. I also love my arms, my legs, my feet, my toes, my knees. One little shell might spoil them all to give them such a twist. They would be of no use to me, so I guess I won't enlist. I love my country, yes I do, and I hope men do well. Without their arms and legs and things, I think they look like hell. Men with faces harsh or often unfit to be kissed. I've read in books, it spoils their looks, so I guess they won't enlist. I love our leaders, sure I do, in a bunker underground. When the atom bombs go off, they won't hear a sound. If we gave them rifles, how long would they exist? They're not fighting, why should I? So I guess I won't enlist. Thank you very much. Well, hey. Uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us, Tim. Um, I probably should just start at the beginning, I suppose. And when did ranting poetry begin? And uh, also, when did it become known as ranting poetry? Well, it became known as ranting poetry quite early on. So it kind of started really early 80s. So looking sort of around late 80, 81. And it's uh, Stephen Wells really kicked the term off with, uh, he had a, fans in at the time called Molotov Comics okay so it kind of come from that and then sort of 82 to around 84 there was a lot of ranting I mean you had stuff in those days we had national music papers so music papers are covering a lot of stuff this is a lot of stuff I've been blogging uh, in those days there was like four TV stations so it was there was quite a bit of stuff on TV yeah, yeah. and so the profile of, of ranting was good there were a lot of live gigs and we used to gig with a lot of bands, so we wouldn't just stick to poetry audiences, which is pretty good because they were very few and far between in those days. Yeah. I mean, we still had hippies in those days. That's how bad it was. <laughs> and uh, so we toured with a lot of like punk bands. We do stuff at a lot of reggae shows as well. Yeah. And really, the sort of uh, grand swell of like punk music and reggae music, I think, were really part and parcel yeah. of ranking poetry. Yeah, and. It, it seems just from um, we're going to go on and talk about the stand-up and spit thing, but just like taking a, even a brief look at it, uh, the fanzine seemed to be a big Definitely. thing uh, with sort of spreading the word. Or I mean, you might might come as a shock here, but there's no internet in those days. I hadn't even considered that. You see, <laughs> you Google it, it doesn't even come up. <laughs> yeah, um, and also, how did ranting poetry develop? Was it? Was it a movement, if you could, if I, I'm going to call it a movement anyway, whether we disagree on that time or not, because too long to go into, but did the movement develop under its own steam? Because or, or, it can seem from looking back on it now, like it was almost just a rejection of other ideas and beliefs, you know? I think there definitely was a lot of rejection of miserableism, as we used to call it at the time, okay, and, yeah. and I think they still call it miserableism, because that's what it was. <laughs> There was definitely a rejection of that, but at the same time, I think when you're looking at ranting, it wasn't, it was, I think it was a moment rather than a particular style, because there was a lot of, in actual fact, there was a lot of diversity in it, but what it did have in common was people getting up and having a pop, and I think that to me was the important thing, rather more than the literary content these days, to be honest, but I think the sort of bare knuckle get up and say it, and make people listen, I think that that was what was going on. And do you think that how easy is the ranting style to define? Well, is that, again, is I, that a lazy view, thinking that it's a 
Style. I mean, I think people like Attila and Stephen Wells had a particular style, but again, I think someone like Jules or Ben Sefaniah yeah. was completely different from that. But they're equally important as ranking poets. Mm. So, but what they did have in common, we had the same enemies, and we were standing on the same stages. So, yes. I think yeah. to me, that's the crucial bit. Yeah, it seems um, definitely with what I've been finding out recently, it seems to be much more about unity yeah. than. It wasn't just about smashing down the, the, the established. Well, you've got to build as well. Yeah, smashing exactly, down yeah, funds. Yes, yes. <laughs> and important, but you've got to build as well. And, and yeah. unity, I think, is now an important message, and it definitely was then as well. I mean, you know, as bad as things are now, the fact in those days that uh, black and white people were on the same stage was quite radical quite often. But, um, so I was speaking to, uh, interviewed Niall O'Sullivan recently, that interview is going to go out in June, but he made the point that you know it was perhaps important for a lot of ranting poetry to be fairly simple in style because because you're trying to grab people's attention because you yeah. weren't standing up at the poetry cafe yeah. to captive audiences were you? you were just trying to get people's attention between bands and, stuff. and also because we were doing stuff between bands a lot of the time a lot of the audience wouldn't like it yes so if you just had a machine gun approach mm. there were no gaps yes yeah, you, yeah, you so, can't get heckled if you don't shut up can you I suppose? exactly <laughs> So there was definitely a lot of people who did that. Yeah. And who were your audiences? All sorts of people. I mean, like I said, there really wasn't a poetry circuit as such in those days. There was a tiny, tiny one, and that was full of, like, quite tiresome beat poetry types. Yeah. Who I'm really glad to see the back of, to be honest. Mm. Uh, so the audience would be people in pubs, football fans reggae crowds, punk skinheads, just, I mean, people are more selective where they go out now, but early 80s, we just went out, we'd just go out, if there's something to do, we'd go, mm. it was, you know, we didn't have computers, we didn't have the internet, yeah. the only porn we got was found in Edges, it wasn't on the interweb, yeah, 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 yeah. you know. And what, um, what sort of venues were you playing, outside, uh, outside of the, probably the music venues that we've talked about now, but? Mostly music venues really yeah. but a lot of pub gigs hell yeah. of a lot of pub gigs yeah. and anywhere I mean also I mean there were a lot of anti-apartheid was really big minor strike was really big and we, we were gigging a lot around those kind of issues as well yeah so we did a lot of gigs with those kind of people actually I was going to move on to that a lot of people might have the impression that ranting poets constantly faced hostile crowds but how accurate is that because sometimes we made them hostile yeah <laughs> uh, no it wasn't always hostile sometimes it was without a doubt and uh I mean, even now, I, I don't like an easy crowd. I, yeah, I like yeah, to split yeah. an audience, yeah, yeah. and I was certainly doing the same then. And Swell yeah. certainly was very antagonistic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Attila was much more, let's pull people together. So, no, I mean... I was talking to Janine Booth recently, yeah. and she was talking about, you know, the gigging at benefits as well, and, you know, I can't imagine you'd get heckled at a benefit. But I suppose it's possible. I mean, you still wind people up, I'm sure. Hey, but, uh, there's always <laughs> a drunk. Don't you worry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe we could have uh, another poem or, or two. Or All right, well, let's, have a, let's have a Stephen Wells poem. So this is pretty much a, a Stephen Wells declaration of war, really. This is called Poetry. The poetry limperits limp on endlessly, churning out poetry. He's stuck up in galleries and worshipped by the cognoscenti. Yes, yes, darlings, but is it art? Sad old men discussed their problems like the last time I maintained erections back in 1967. When poetry stank of peace and love, the perfume pen in a velvet glove, the me generation's blubbering hitmen, zen and the art of being boring. 
When adulation went rows and rows of slowly dozing folk in a know, the guardian crippled self-appointed art critics, oh god, he's finished. Yes, that was marvellous. Amazing syntax, a powerful image. Never mind his mindless garbage, it's poetry darling, art. Me, 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 I did this, me. And Roger went and got pissed back in 67 when poetry meant the after effects of too much booze down well scrubbed necks. Conversations with marijuana plants subsidised by our council grants, paying for the public wank and sold to the giggling perfume ranks of Laura Ashley acid heads. Poetry choked on its own foul offal. Poetry man is fucking awful. Poetry is dead. Official. <laughs> Cheers man. Actually, um, that, I hadn't quite written it down but I, it, it struck me that it must have been quite nice when ranting and poetry first started because you weren't surrounded by a spoken word scene mainly made up of people who wanted to be famous or you know no. in, in, it, or it was a good way yeah. of not becoming famous yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas now I think a, a big problem that spoken word faces that, is that people think it's just a route into YouTube and then to be spotted and rather than you know just doing it for yeah you know, for what it is rather than considering I mean look, there are good people on YouTube and there yeah. are people who write for YouTube mm. so but we didn't have YouTube no so. no no <laughs> you were held to account yeah yeah <laughs> directly um, yeah maybe you could maybe talk Talk me through a bit some of the poem, uh, some some of the poets, sorry, that were involved from the beginning, and um, well, because some of them are not around at all, and some yeah, are not well, around but not gigging. And well, C.V. Wells definitely one of the first and biggest. He's dead now. Uh, he was quite important. He ran a fanzine called Molotov Comics. He lived up in Bradford, which is quite a big centre for writing poetry. Uh, Tiller's probably the other sort of best-known name. Tell of the stop rope, they're still gigging, still doing a lot of gigs, and actually, he's consistently gigged since. Yes, so and so uh, pretty much supporting the same sort of causes, saying the same sort of things, and good on him. Uh, Porky the poet who drifted off into comedy but yes, yeah. come back doing a hell of a lot of poetry gigs and, and good ones too. Uh, Jules Denby, who was, yeah, Bradford as well, definitely important writer, and she's as far as I know, writing quite a lot of sort of crime stuff, uh, crime novels these days, and seems to be doing quite well for herself, yeah. which is good. Uh, Janine, who I know you interviewed recently, yes. it was the big J, it was uh, Ginger John from Manchester, John, who's yeah. gigging as well still. Uh, let me think now. Ben Zephaniah, still with us, still doing quite a lot of work in between acting. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> In fact, he was doing poetry in that uh, Peaky Blinders, wasn't he? He's yes, doing a bit of that, yeah, wasn't he? Got to think of it. Actually, working on a collection at the moment with a girl called Poppy Kleiser, who okay. is a, a, a guest on a former episode. And I noticed recently they're working together. I don't okay. know how that came about. Oh. It seems quite an interesting one. That's what they're right. Ben's a good lad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Clarky, obviously, still yeah. still not going around. Uh, LKJ. Uh, Mikey Smith was really important, but he, he was murdered in uh, 1983. Yeah. So it's quite a sad loss. Swift Nick from Hull, who did a fanzine called oh, New Youth. Yeah. And there's a, a reasonable amount of stuff you can find on YouTube now, isn't it? It's still fairly difficult on to YouTube, find stuff. On YouTube, there's not know? a lot. There's not a lot, because yeah. videos were quite new then, so yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff wasn't really <laughs> recorded, to be honest. There's still the odd bit that turns out. I mean, one of my favourite things, actually, is, is before ranting, but it's uh, Roger McGough, who I'm not a huge fan of. But Roger McGough in uh, the Live of It, which is a oh, yeah, yeah. 70s sitcom, the early 70s of that, and uh, excellent. <laughs> he actually Roger McGough and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 
but the, the the two girls are liver birds go to the, the pub so Liverpool sitcom they go to the pub to watch Roger Rigothin poetry and that's quite exciting in that it's just back then it's just like that's an okay thing for working class people to do yes yeah, yeah. so that's quite a nice little turn yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, fanzine wise I mean I've been looking under a lot of people's beds mm. going through carrier bags and attics and just <laughs> unearthing all sorts of stuff so yeah Actually, just because you mentioned it earlier, Bradford, every time I look at things, Bradford always pops up. What, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going any, re- any particular reason on, on that? Or just, maybe there was just a couple well, of people? I think sort of Swells, Ginger John at the time, Jules all lived in Bradford, as did a guy called Nick Tocek, who ran a really big punk club called Adam and Eve's in Leeds. Yeah. He lived in Bradford as well. So Nick put on hell of a lot of gigs around Leeds, and in those days, loads and loads of bands would have poets in between. Yes, yeah. So we're gigging with all sorts of bands, and Nick definitely was a major part of that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I was up there myself quite a few times, saw some good bands, saw some good poets, yeah. yeah. Nick included, top lad. Can we have some more poetry, maybe? Let's have a look. All right, as we're sat up in uh, Stanford Hill, this is a poem called Kosher Village. On a manor, it said, a man who's not had a heart attack by 40 is saying his wife can't cook, and who can live with such shame? See me at Maggie's bar, but the meat are going up and coming down. We like a bit of a laugh, always at, at, at. See a picture of yourself reflected in the pool of your pint. Laugh or you'll go under. It's your round goes around. For years the tracksuit blokes have a grand change in hands but never spent. I may walk away, briskly even, but I will never run. From Stanford Hill, where the Heimers are from. Thank you man, cheers. Um, I'd like to talk next about the uh, the vinyl that was put out. Um, yeah, the Watch Records was put out. Uh, I think the first was yeah, the first one would have been the split single with uh, Tiller and Swells, which uh, was recorded in Wandsworth, I think. So that'd be about 81, 82, around then. And yeah, that was quite exciting at the time. I mean, it was good. Uh, a lot of small bands, small labels were kicking around at the time, which I think was a very positive thing. Not unlike people doing YouTube hits I suppose but uh, more hard work yes yes yeah. <laughs> and you've also got to lug it around with you after and you've got to lug it around with you yeah, exactly know? yeah um, and how did they come about was that artists themselves pressing it or uh, were people actually, coming forward and it was small labels coming forward and yeah. thinking actually there's something bubbling away here let's have a slice of it yeah and then uh, there was another one with Swells Rising Center Rank Universe was uh, Swells and Little Brother Jules did some pretty good records. Ben Seth and I did some great records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so maybe next we can talk about Stand Up and Spit, and it's probably easiest if you just explain what it is and what's happening with that. Yeah, well, um, I was chatting actually, fun enough, I think it was with Niall on uh, the Facebook, just about sort of ranking poetry, and then one of the ladies who runs uh, Speaking Volumes kind of saw that conversation, was like, let's come and have a chat. And that kind of led me to start doing a blog and it, that was kind of painful because I've always hated bloggers yeah. for good reasons but, uh, <laughs> but now I am one you know Nietzsche was right we all become <laughs> that which we hate so uh, I started just really digging through my old fanzines just collating stuff and now I've sort of pestering all my mates and going through their fanzines and putting together quite a lot of stuff I mean I'm not overly commenting on because I, I think it's good to let things talk for themselves um, which then 
spun round to us putting a season of gigs, which we've now we've had a couple of them. There's a few more coming up. So we've got a lot of the old ranters together. They're doing uh, bits and pieces. We've got some ranting. We've got some discussions. We've got an event focusing on Mikey Smith, obviously because he's dead. So quite excited by that one actually. And it's really just kind of looking at that moment in history and linking it up with young writers today because unless it kind of has something to say with young people young writers today then I don't really see much point in doing it so yeah it's important there's like young voices in there as well yeah so interesting enough we've also got funding from the heritage lottery fund which means that ranting is now officially heritage it must be a nice feeling huh? <laughs> I feel like a Toby joke it's brilliant <laughs> yeah. love to take you on the antiques roadshow get your values <laughs> I'm rapidly decreasing. <laughs> yeah. It's got a few cracks. <laughs> yeah, more than a few. Um, and why is it important to do this? I think, for me, on one level, at some point someone else is going to come along and be the expert on it. Yeah. And I was like, actually I was there, so I'm taking it. Yeah. So I'm doing it. Uh, also, I think... It became apparent to me that when I'm, when I'm working with young writers, there's no real history of spoken word. Mm. Like young writers always have a shock that there was spoken word before hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I was going to say not always, but let's face it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so on the one level, I think it's really exciting how vibrant and diverse spoken word scene is at the moment, yeah. which is a really good thing and I'm really pleased to have been part of that history. At the same time I want the sort of true history of it to be known. And the true history isn't arts organisations making it happen. Mm. The true history is fanzines and scumbags yeah, doing yeah. it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's good that you're uh, it's happening at a time where at least you know seems like the majority of people are still around to talk to and yeah. even if there isn't much of a physical record of you know even if some stuff has disappeared it's Story, it? Even the fanzine stuff were earthing out. I mean, I found interviews of me that I completely forgotten about, yeah, yeah. which is yeah, that was quite weird. But um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. We're winking it out. But also, the whole fanzine interesting is interesting. I mean, it takes someone like um, Linton. So he'll have a new album out. He'll be on tour. He'll have interviews in the main music papers, which everyone would have read. So you know, these are like na- national newspapers, so like uh, NME, Sound, stuff like that. At the same time, you're doing a fanzine interview. Mm. And so each town would have a couple of fanzines. So these are quite small readerships. At the same time as he'd be on tour, he'd be doing fanzine interviews. And what he says in the national papers, as opposed to the fanzines, is actually quite different. And what he says in the fanzines is actually quite revealing. Mm. So even just comparing the two and putting them up at the, you know, these are done at the same time is is quite interesting. And I suppose, go back to the point about younger people on the spoken word circuit now, referring a lot to hip hop. I suppose in a way they can't be held to account too much because there is very little record you know it, yeah. if you go again if you go on YouTube which is sort of the default uh, research <laughs> mechanism yeah. you will will find stuff back to 1988 or you know when music yeah. videos really started and you'll stuff find and, stuff that goes to where the internet starts yes and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, that's the window pane of history yeah 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 and um, and we're just before it yeah maybe we could take another poem please alright Oh yeah, let's have a look. So, uh, this is a poem by Rowena Tosh. 
and it goes like this little drops of vomit flying through the air cover up some faces looking up to stare little drops of vomit dice carrots always there down amongst the crunchy bits with lots lots more to spare so get your straws out people suck it up with flair so more small drops of vomit can come flying through the air <laughs> cheers so uh, like I said before I spoke with Janine Booth recently and she said that she hoped that the stand up and spit uh, projects would rather than being a retro retrospective would actually become a revival and um, without touching on it too much because it's still winding me right up but with the yeah. election result <laughs> maybe you know it might become a real possibility that this could become a kind of revival even if it's not a revival of ranting it could be well I don't think we actually need a revival no um, I think spoken word is in a pretty good place yeah there's things that annoy me about it, but that kind of, at the same time, tells me how good it is, because mm. unless you've got something to punch, then life's yeah, yeah. pretty dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's quite apparent from, certainly, I was surprised going, well, through, what, 14 months of blogging now, is how we were actually saying the same thing then as we are now, and how we still got the same enemies, and we're still fighting the same things. But there are young writers talking about that and dealing with that as well. And surprisingly enough, there are actually some writers doing it entertainingly and intelligently, yeah. which is more to the point. <laughs> so I think the young writers are there, and um, that's why I don't think we need to revive I think, yeah, we need some encouragement, and we need a sense of history, but they also need to be the ones running with it. Yeah. So I'm glad to be a part of it, but being an old futurist, I want the young, young ones to kick my ass, just not too hard. Oh, that's a nice attitude. And, and speaking of that, are there um, are there any particular younger spoken word artists or poets that you think are sort of carrying on that tradition? I think or? Emily Harrison, definitely. Shemaine Suleiman, uh, Sophie Hall. I saw recently. She was quite interesting. Um, what's his ass? Keith. Oh yeah, Keith Jarrett. Keith Jarrett. Yeah. Keith Jarrett got a lot of time for. So yeah, there's quite a shoot, quite a few out there. Holly, um, Holly McNeishy stuff recently. Yeah, I was really impressed as well with Joshua at the last stand up and spit thing. Actually, Joshua was superb. Yeah, yeah, he learned really that um, Mikey Smith poem. Yeah. Actually, yeah, he was superb at that. Yeah. That, that was yeah, I was really pleased by that. Actually, mm. yeah, well done, Joshua. Yeah, no, he's good. To that. Um, I'm hoping to get him down at my night, but um, he's busy, busy boy, I think. Um, yeah, maybe we could have another poem. This is uh, another Stephen Wells poem. This is called Police Dog. Drizzling rain, heavy fog, being swamped by the drug squad. A police dog sniffs out of vitamin pills. Speed kills, these build your muscles. What are these punks? You take drugs, the constable snarls. The dog looks puzzled. I'm quite fond of puppy dogs, it's pigs that should be muzzled. <laughs> yeah, cheers Tim. I think uh, that's it, unless there's anything in particular we wanted to mention about. Yeah. Better stand up the spit. <laughs> Definitely. So the next gig, when are you looking at putting this out? This will go out before the thing on Friday so okay yeah. alright so the next gig coming up is on Friday 15th of May that's at the British Library that's a discussion we've got uh, Suzanne Moore Gary Bushell Selena Godden myself and Professor Matthew Woolley looking at angry kids of the 80s fanzines and ranting then on uh, 13th of June we've got uh, there's a fanzine workshop in Clerkenwell and we'll be having uh, Mickey Brenny from Lush and Joe England, who does a really good football fanzine, a literary fanzine that sells at West Ham called Push, and myself, and then there'll be some poetry in the Trotwood, which will be fun. 
yeah, I, I would recommend going along to that. I'm cool. actually going to be singing uh, Hurry Up Harry. <laughs> that, so yeah, that, that'll be good. And then Thursday the 18th of June at Camden Town Hall, we've got pretty much all the ranters that yeah. are alive and out of prison. Like a great gig so well, yeah, that's yeah. going to be quality. So we've got Linton, Clarky, Ginger John, Attila, Porky, Jules, and yeah, a lot of people. That's mm. going to be good. Yeah, nice one. And so, uh, also, what we'll do is below the below the video, I'll have the link to the Stand Up and Spit blog, Sweet. so people can just click on that. Because um, whenever I read out websites on here, no one ever understands them. So, brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, cheers, Tim. Thanks, Thanks very much. Uh, nice